Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I thought it was. Hi guys. Hey possums. What's up? We're doing the AFC South today. It's your boys from offensive points. Josh, Billy, what's up, man? Uh, that was a weak intro, but I'll allow it. Uh, it was Billy so weak, just, but you just, you kind of pre- joshed me. prematurely uh, smackulated that button right there. So yeah, well, <laughs> B- Billy just joshed me in the, in the fucking whatever pre break room. Um, and just, you know, it, it's meeting. usually, it's yeah, it's usually me that does that and pisses everybody off and then just smashes play. But uh, I still smash play, but Billy's the one to piss me off. But it's <laughs> nice to be here with you, Joe. Yeah, Billy, it's good to be oh, here. With you shit. That's funny. Um, Joe, before we even get started, can you just briefly break down the uh, live golf PGA tour uh, merger that happened and how pissed off all the PGA tour players are going to be now? Yeah, and um, I apologize if I use any profanity here. I've been known to do oh, so. Here we but go. This is the biggest clusterfuck of all time. Um, I have always been all about the live thing. You know, the reason a lot of these players jumped is the PGA Tour, frankly, treated them like shit. They weren't making anywhere near as much money from the sport itself as other athletes were, and they wanted kind of their keys to their own likeness. You know, Phil brought up a thing. If he got a hole-in-one, he had to pay the PGA tour to be able to post that on his Instagram, which is kind of bullshit. Right. So a lot of the players were pissed off. Liv was like, Hey, we're going to start this new league. We're going to pay a ton of money to just kind of hop over here, play less golf, be with your family more. And we're going to pay you like four or five times the amount that you're making on the PGA tour. So all the players were like, hell yeah, let's do it. Um, the PGA and their golden boys being Rory, Jordan Spieth, uh, JT, you know, Tiger wanted to protect, protect his legacy. So they all said no to live. And they were on this moral high ground of, you know, the Saudi Arabians or, you know, human rights atrocities and all this stuff. So they played this card, you know, 9-11 was brought up probably a thousand times throughout this whole thing. And the other guys went and got paid. Some guys stuck to their moral high ground. And then all of a sudden, PGA, uh, without even contacting the players that stuck around for them, just announces that they merged with the live tour because live approached them and there was a lot of money to be made. So they crucified these golfers for going to play on live tour to get like multiple generational wealth for their families. And then as soon as they dip their hand in that money pocket, they forgot all about their morals and they're like, Oh yeah, it's all going to be great. We're all part of the same tour now. Uh, it's great for golf. And uh, it's great to, that all these guys are going to be competing in the Ryder cup and all that stuff not have to worry about if they're allowed the majors or not. So that's pretty good. But, you know, the hypocrisy in Jay Monahan and the PGA <clears> is just <throat> freaking atrocious. And there is going to be a player uproar because Tiger gave up 800 million. Rory gave up 400 million. Rom gave up 400 million. 
Hideki gave up $300 million and so on and so on and so on to stay on the PGA Tour. So they need to pay these guys immediately or there is going to be a rift on this tour and it's going to be a shit show. So I got my popcorn out. I want to see what's going on. This is literally the first I'm hearing about it. And it was just, I want to say for one, Joe, thank you for dumbing it down for the rest of us who aren't, you know, following the PGA and everything. But um, also like what a wild fucking ride. Yeah. It was, if they yeah, would have just left crazy. the moral high ground shit out of there and, and stop, you know, sticking their flag on we're better than everybody else. I mean, it's all money. Everyone knows money. So fuck it. You know, <laughs> I've seen that. The PG, I've seen the PGA commissioners probably not going to, survive this because of how he handled it with all the the players and uh yeah i just everything i've read is that it's just a total shit show well when and they structured I, this merger he's the chief executive so they i just don't see how he survives i, I just don't know what the board structure is going to work on this i mean and you know the dp tour which is the european guys you know they they're all in the same league now too so it's absolutely great for the sport but Welcome know. to Golfensive Points. <laughs> you want to know my hot take out of all of this, and this is like kind of what my my segue into football was. They're gonna buy football. I mean, mm-hmm. it's gonna come. They're gonna maybe they buy like three or four teams. Maybe they buy the entire sport. I don't know. But if they're willing to pay this amount of money for foot or for golf, this is their foot in the door. And the next thing is going to be they're gonna start buying football teams, and yep. we're gonna have every team owned by the, uh, you know, same people that own golf right now. They already have their hands in Formula One. They have their hands in soccer, <clears throat> football. I was going to say, I, I, don't, I think golf or football would probably be one of the later things because it's an American sport by I can tell you see them in the XFL. No, I mean, basketball XFL, Basketball will be next. Like crazy. Yeah, it's more international. Basketball has already accepted money from them because the thing is with when the pandemic happened – like a lot of teams were just leveraging money, so they had to find some ways to pay that. And guess who was there? The open checkbook that is the same people that were willing to pay for live. So I think it's only a matter of time before football falls into the same thing where they just come buy all of football and it'll happen faster than we want it to. And well, I think Bezos is trying to get himself football ahead of them. So these uh, people could buy and sell Bezos. Like I don't I don't think that matters. <laughs> Like they, they don't really care what a, a base primary is. investment fund. It's not live anymore. It's PIF. Okay, PIF. You gotta get your yeah. vernaculars right. No, they're gonna they're gonna drop a trill on uh, the NFL, and then Bezos is not gonna know how to get in because he's not gonna be able to. But anyway, welcome to offensive points, guys. Glad, glad we got this golf out of the way because um, I've been interested. Because it just kind of happened out of nowhere, what I felt like. I, I don't even know if anybody thought that that was going to happen. I thought for sure Live Golf was going to die by the end of next year and was going to kind of just, you know, float into the abyss. But, you know, now it's merged with the uh, PGA. It's crazy. Someone made the meme of the Michael Scott paper company <laughs> selling to Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> it's pretty it's much so exactly what happened, too. It's, it's like, you know what? Exactly if this goes under, I'll just start another paper company. Right. <laughs> and another uh, and another. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. All right. Well, we don't really have any news yet. I mean, we could call the Dalvin Cook thing news, but he hasn't actually been cut yet. We don't actually know if he's even going to go anywhere yet. The DeAndre Hopkins thing we talked about last week, not really any developments other than he's visiting Tennessee, but I'm here to tell you that there's no way in hell he's going to go to Tennessee. I think he's just there as a, a friendly 
like, hey, how's it going, guys? I want to eat at, you know, some Nashville restaurant. That's about it for, for two, that. Two, hold on real quick. I, I, can't, I, don't, I can't just brush right past this, although we will talk about Tennessee, and you'll understand why I'm thinking this in a little bit because there are no wide receivers on that team other than Traylon Burks. So I could see this would be Hopkins's best bet to, to make a shit ton of money and be on a team for a long term because this team has no wide receivers. So Hopkins would fit the bill really well, and this is what he would want is to be and just show how great he still is. Um, so I, I, I don't, I think there's still some rumors here. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's, it's, it's all, you know, camp news at the moment, lots of pictures of people's quads and stuff and biceps and people worked out in the off season shocker considering they're playing football and need to be in good shape. So I'm, I'm happy for them, but I'm this tired. doesn't solve his winning back. problem though. He, he wants to win and this team is not going to win. A lot of no, but you gotta also you gotta take this in the uh, in the long run. And be like, hey, is it about is it about making money or is it about getting a Super Bowl ring? And I'm sure winning. it's about both. It's winning. His his whole no, thing go going there. into this was strong ownership and good management, a good quarterback, and a good defense. That were his three checklist things. New GM, shitty quarterback, solid defense. I I don't see it happening. Nope. I just There's a lot of people. A lot of people have said the Patriots, by the way, and that's definitely not going to happen because guess who works for the Patriots? Bill O'Brien. No way in hell you're going. D Hop's going to go back to the Bill O'Brien uh, special. So we can just go ahead and check Patriots off too if he's not. Yeah, going there. I am. I'm over yeah. the Patriots thing. I don't know where the hype came from. Yeah, but they talk about Isaiah Rogers going to gonna get suspended. Life. I, I don't. I, I honestly just want to talk about the fact that the their original quote from that was it's a player that most casual fans would know. I'm sorry, no, 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 no. I, I mean IDP players probably would know him because he was a starting cornerback. The people that have high return yards, maybe they would know him because he was a kick returner. But the average fan would not know Isaiah Rogers. I'm sorry. There's no way in the world that you can tell me that. I, didn't even I know just love how, like, you know, Jamison Williams got suspended for betting on, like, six college games or something, and Calvin Ridley got suspended for putting one parlay on the Falcons. This dude had hundreds of bets <laughs> in a fake account, and All a lot of them were on the Colts. So. Yeah, like, that's, that's yeah, a dangerous gonna, game. Although I was listening to a radio show that was saying, like, you tell you, you always say you want these players to bet on themselves, and then when one does, you go suspend him for a year. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's like, yeah, that is kind of a good point. That is awesome. Well, my thing is, why has he not been suspended yet? Jameson and all the other ones seem to have happened immediately. I mean, maybe it just wasn't leaked, to be fair, but um, it feels like this one's taking a little longer. They're probably just figuring out how big of an example they want to make of this kid. Um, and he made a stupid decision, but there's. Sure do. This is going to be bad for him. He anyway, sure a whole bunch of camp news that we'll, uh, yeah. we'll cover when it becomes news. real news. All right. Well, we're going to move on to the AFC South this week. Last week, we had Kyle, our best friend in the world, join us for the AFC North. If you haven't checked that out, the episode is up on YouTube, and the podcast is always going to be up on these feeds. But this week, we are going to tackle the AFC South. We did not determine an order beforehand, guys, but does anybody have a, a team that they think we should go first with? No. The most exciting division. team in the division, man. Which is? The Colts. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Go we'll for we'll it. Go ahead, Joe. Go for it, Joe. All right. So your Indianapolis Colts. Last year, they went 4-12-1. <clears throat> which allowed them to draft Anthony Richardson this year. So 
good good news on that one um additions here you got samson he become comes over defensive end they brought in garner Minshew, isaiah mckenzie and matt gay for the kicker that's really the only notable additions they did bring brashad perriman in today i believe but uh i'm done believing in that so don't worry about that. Now, on the draft, they actually have the largest draft class that they've had under Chris Ballard. Um, got Anthony Richardson in the first, Julius Brents, Josh Downs. Greg Freeland was there to shore up the offensive line. Darius Rush, who a lot of people thought were going to go higher, uh, they drafted him. So they drafted three cornerbacks. So maybe they knew something was going on with Rodgers. I, I don't <laughs> really know. Um, Evan Hall came in for running back. He's a guy to keep in eye on his name, but uh, we're not going to dive into that too much there. Um, they lost Matt Ryan, Paris Campbell, Bobby Okie man, Unique Nagakwe, and they traded Stephon Gilmore to the Cowboys. So uh, kind of interesting going in. They brought uh, Shane Steichen over from the Eagles, you know, to develop in Jalen Hurts. It's going to do the same thing for Anthony Richardson, which is going to be the big focus right here. So Anthony Richardson, um, Guys, he's going his QB 10 right now and 94 overall in, uh, on underdog. Uh, you are not getting Richardson at a discount at all. So in redraft, I'm going to let someone else have him. But Anthony Richardson comes into the NFL with the lowest completion percentage for a first-round quarterback since Jake Locker. Do with that what you will. When they asked him about it, they said that he had four different coaches telling him to do four different things all at the same time. So – the goal that they're going with in camp is to kind of simplify things for him, design the offense to work a little bit different with him. Uh, but in OTAs, Minshew is taking most of the first team reps. Um, news is Richardson is absolutely dazzling with what he's able to do. So I think Richardson starts week one. What do you guys think? I personally don't. I think it's a mistake to throw a rookie in like that, especially if you're going to pay Minshew what you're paying him. And I mean, I understand he's pretty much a backup quarterback at this point, but I feel like you might as well see what you have in Minshew first and develop Anthony Richardson. As you said, he's not coming in with a stellar college uh, resume. Um, he, he was good, but not great. He's obviously a mobile threat. And I think that's going to add in. I think we might see, we're going to see him earlier than we probably should um, because they're going to more than likely lose a game that they think they should have won and put in Richardson and then lose multiple more. I guess it's going to be a, I don't want to say a dumpster fire, but I think that what they did last year will not be shocking if that's their ending record again. I think they'll do a little bit better because they actually have a quarterback or two quarterbacks that should be able to play, but I don't know. I, I personally think I'm going to say this every year. I think the rookie, especially not a, one and 101 overall pick should be sitting behind the veteran, which is Gardner Minshew. I don't think they're going to start him right away. I think Shane Steichen is going to go into this with Gardner Minshew as the starter and then work Anthony Richardson in maybe near towards the end of the season. Um, I know that as soon as Gardner Minshew sucks for one game, the fans are just going to go irate about we have the fourth pick. Like, what is he not doing? Like, I get it. I get that whole thing's going to happen, but really, I, I guess we're not even going to, Fully know until August, I think, when you know we start you know watching camp, seeing who's taking the first team reps, who's getting the first uh, cracks in the preseason. Um, I think that'll kind of tell our story. But I think Shane Steichen might keep Anthony Richardson back a little bit and let Gardner Minshew kind of feel out the offense, get everybody ready to go, and then have Anthony Richardson come in. By the way, before we even move on, I just want to keep this in everybody's minds and that are out there at Florida. When Anthony Richardson was there, I'm telling you, the coaching staff there was god-awful. 
and most of the talent that was there, it just wasn't NFL caliber talent. They didn't have really anybody drafted. They're not going to have anybody drafted. I would say uh, Travis Etienne's brother, Trevor Etienne, was probably the only future NFL player, and he was only a freshman this year. So I think that the stats were a little misleading for that team. I'm just – I can't – I have to say it because a lot of people are just getting caught up on his college stats, and I think that just watching him – he was a way better than what he was able to show there because the athletes he was surrounded with were not quite, you know, NFL caliber talent. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm glad you brought that up, man. I don't want to spend too much time on Richardson, but he got the coach of Florida got fired because he didn't start Anthony Richardson. Basically the team around him sucks. So he didn't have a whole lot of playing time. I think, I mean, the team already went, you know, they had four wins last year. They, the oldest guy on this whole team is the long snapper. He's 30 years old. So they have a really young team. I think Minshew was brought in because he knows the offense, but I think they're just going to throw Richardson into the fire. It makes a lot of sense to me because this dude needs reps. So I like that one. Yeah, I think he I, starts week one. Uh, yeah, I got to disagree with you. I think he's uh, Steichen's obviously wasn't the decision maker on this, but he saw that what sitting behind Carson Wentz did for Jalen Hurts. And obviously it's not going to be the same situation uh, with a fourth pick overall and Jalen Hurts in the second round. But I think he knows the veteran presence is going to build. I don't think Gardner Minshew is lights out. I don't think he's the the answer to this or whatever, but I think it will give Richardson time to breathe and learn and see at least week one of what an NFL game looks like. Yeah. Either way, he's going to QB 10. So I think all of us agree, do not draft him there. Um, You know, it's, Underdog's best ball, so it kind of makes sense. If you're in a dynasty, great. You got him. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, he is 16 overall, RB4 currently. Um, you know, when you bring a running quarterback in, Taylor's going to have to be more efficient this season. Um, he only played 11 games last year with an ankle injury. Still averaged four and a half yards per carry. But the 2021 volume is likely long gone and is never going to happen again. I still like Taylor to have a bounce back this year, and I'm comfortable taking him at that price. Uh, Zach Moss is the number two, um, and he finished the season pretty strong with a 100-yard game. And then Deion Jackson and Evan Hall are going to compete for the scraps. Evan Hall seems to be a better pass catcher. Deion Jackson seems to be a little bit more explosive. So we'll see there. Um, Wide receivers, uh, Pittman, he's not going to have 99 catches this year. uh, But really what we're looking for this year is for him to step into being an alpha guy. Uh, He really hasn't taken that step to be extremely dominant this year. Uh, but I still think he can get 85 catches, you know, 900 some yards and five touchdowns. Uh, I think that's what we're getting out of Pittman this year. Um, the guy I really like and I'm really interested in here is Alec Pierce. Uh, he's currently going as wide receiver 65. Uh, I think he's going to have the similar role to Devonta Smith, kind of plays a similar game with that deep ball stuff. He did play behind Paris Campbell last year. Campbell had 63 receptions, 600 yards and three touchdowns. Pierce had 41. So I think we can probably think, hey, 70 catches in this offense. Um Pretty solid for for the value you're getting him at. They drafted Josh Downs in the third round. Reggie Wayne called him the best wide receiver in this class. So this was a Reggie Wayne and Shane Steichen pick right here. Steichen says he loves versatility and variation in his wide receivers. Chris Ballard, this is the only guy in this draft class that didn't have a RAS score over nine. It was like 8.75, and that was because of his size. So I think Josh Downs starts at um, – is going to be the starting slack guy by the end of the season. Isaiah McKenzie is probably going to start there, but I don't think he's going to stay long. A really interesting battle here is the tight ends. So Mo Ali Cox, he's 30 years old. 
Um, and you know, he kind of sucks. He's never really done it. So Shalani Woods. Yeah, it really is. Johnny Woods should see more playing time. Um, he's a huge target for Anthony Richardson and he played quarterback in college. So we know, um, He's going to know what Richardson needs to succeed. Um, 16 of his 25 catches last year went for first downs at 64%. So that should get him on the field early and often. Jelani Woods is currently your tight end 33 and 213 overall. Um, he's a huge steal here, guys. He's going to have a big season. Uh, drafted Will Mallory in the fifth round, and Ogletree is coming back from injury. So a lot of these guys are going to be gone <laughs> from this tight end room. I think they have seven right now. You guys have any thoughts on these wide receivers and tight ends? I love the tight ends there. They do. Um, just because I'm I'm just going to kind of work backwards from where you went. Uh, Jelani Woods, I think, is the future. Um, I think he's – it's really tough because, like, in redraft, you really don't want a, a tight end like this that's in a split room. I think he is clear the clear-cut future of this team. I'd love to get him in Dynasty if you can. I mean, your argument for that can be there's so many tight ends on the team. Don't, don't feel like you need to have Jelani Woods or anything. Uh, but, yeah – Mo Ali Cox has been a disappointment. I, every once in a while, I'll have like a 26 and 30 point game, two touchdowns, and it look amazing. And he won't do anything for the rest of the year. Like, it's just, I don't, I don't think he's it. I think he's a great veteran to have on a team for sure. Um, good tight end, too. Hopefully, Jelani Woods can, you know, take over and, you know, be that number one tight end on the team. Yeah. I think, um, yeah, as far as the tight ends go, I'm keeping Jelani Woods at the front of – I don't know how high I would take him. He probably would be one of those – if I punted on tight end early, he would be one of the guys I tried to snag late with maybe, you know, Tennessee's Okorongwo or something, like maybe something in that range, like get him and then get Jelani Woods on top of that just in case one of them pops. But um, back to the wide receivers for a second. I think Josh Downs, it, I, I thought Isaiah McKenzie was going to be a steal because, you know, he was basically free. He was on waivers. But Josh Downs is going to get in there, and he's going to get, you know, used pretty often. I think Anthony Richardson is going to find something he likes with Josh Downs. I think that's going to be end up being the steal of redraft leagues because he's probably going to go free. I mean, honestly, he's probably going to be one of it on free agency after the draft. I doubt a lot, a lot of people are probably looking at Josh Downs in their drafts. Uh, yeah, and I, I I agree with you. He's, he's very discounted. Uh, you're you're not paying anything for him, basically. But I think nothing. the I think the target here is Alec Pierce. Uh, just the I know Joe just traded for him in one of the leagues we're in, and I, I was a little jealous because I was like, that's a sneaky pick because everybody is going to be on Josh Downs now, and I think Pierce will absolutely absolutely slip a little later too. I think Pittman's still the number one guy here, and I think he's going to stay being in that thousand yard range. It's going to look a lot like DJ Moore's stats in like three years. We're going to see thousand yards, eighty catches. Six, six touchdowns. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think there is. Um, and to be fair, he could go up. He's a really good receiver. I don't know why Jordan hates him and other people hate him, but um, Pittman's one of the most consistent wide receivers for not having a good quarterback his entire career. So um, if Richardson can, the problem is here is we don't know when Richardson's going to come in. I mean, most mobile quarterbacks, their rookie season do not pass for a lot of yards. So I think Pittman still gets his thousand yard season. And then I don't know what's happening beyond that. I mean, sure, there's still, you know, 2,000 yards to go around, but is that going to the third string tight end? Is that going to Alec Pierce? Is it going to be a split between Alec Pierce and Downs? I think what you'll probably see is something similar to like what Zay Jones and Marvin Jones were doing with those two. And like one game, it'll be Zay Jones, and the next one will be Marvin Jones, and you're just like in a weird funk. I just, I don't, I don't know how, ex- I'm, I'm not super excited about these guys, but I like the idea of it. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, you know, the whole offense as a whole, it, it's worth getting excited about, but we're a couple years away from, I think, really seeing a ton here. Uh, but yeah, Alec Pierce, good dynasty snack. Go, go take a stab at him. He's cheap. Um, so on defense, I'll make this quick. Uh, Shaq Leonard's still not practicing. I don't know what the hell's going on there. Um, they lost Okie Dokie Man to the Giants. So Zaire Franklin should be your starting linebacker again. Um, put up crazy good numbers until we hear more on the Shaq Leonard front. Uh, I'm just going to play it that way. Uh, on the defensive line, you got Quiddy Pay, Deo, and Samson Ibukum are your defensive ends. Ibukum led the league in pressure opportunities as a rotational piece. Um, if he gets a full plate of snaps this year, I could see him getting nine to ten sacks uh, with how he plays. Quiddy Pay had a good end to his season, um, and Deo's a solid piece there. Buckner and Stewart are your studs at the defensive tackle position. The only other really piece of note here is uh julian blackman has been switching to strong safety and that's what we love for idp so go snag him up he's essentially free um get him on your team i like it i also like my boy uh they have him as juju brents on the uh, roster i only know him as julius brents so i don't know what that is all about but i really like him i know he's a cornerback but he plays a lot like a safety so like if you're in a league that forces you to use a cornerback um i know we're in a league like that where you have to play a quarterback or cornerback he is a good target for that i think he's somebody that you need to pay attention to this year i think he's going to get out there and get after it right away he was one of the best cornerbacks i watched last year in uh, college yeah and one thing that I love to find, especially in Dynasty and, and just redraft and any any IDP in general, is finding those guys who are on defenses that are probably going to let up a lot of yards and finding some safeties that are young guys. And beyond Julian Blackman, it's pretty much a crapshoot who that person's going to be. It could be Nick Cross, Daniel Scott, Rodney Thomas. I don't know who it is, but uh, there's going to be some tackles on the back end there. And one uh, I wouldn't be surprised if one of those guys ends up with 80, 90 tackles. So... Uh, I always like to keep an eye on some of the lesser great defenses. I don't want to. I don't want to down on it. Was all in on have... Nick Cross. I'm done on Nick Cross. Okay, thousand cool. percent. Like I said, <laughs> I'm not. Did I'm to not me last year, man. I'm not picking any of these people up right now. It's more of like I, I especially week one. I always look to see like, okay, did any one one no name guy that's a free agent in every league that I'm in have a good game? And that's when I start picking those people up. But. Um, just saying, keep an eye on it. You never know, uh, especially some of those. There's always one or there, like last year. I think there was like five or six safeties that came out of nowhere. Sophomore guys, rookie guys. So, oh, you're right. Sure. All right. Indies over under is six and a half. That's rough. That half hurts. Let's get that scheduled, Joe. We'll see if we can get there. They got the Jags, the Texans, the Ravens, the Rams, the Titans, the Jags, the Browns, the Saints, the Panthers. Patriots, Buccaneers, Titans, Bengals, Steelers, Falcons, Raiders, Texans. Yeah, I I, I could yeah. see it. I could absolutely. I definitely see could see it. I mean, you I got the Bucks in there. You got the Panthers in there. I mean, those are coin flips, at least I would say, if with this team, um, the Rams they're going to be tanking. I think that could be a, a, a dub they picked up. I mean, they're definitely going to beat the Texans. At least one of the two. That that you know. You could talk yourself into this being a seven-win team for sure. I, I I definitely could see that. 
Yeah, they do have some easy games, but I don't think any of them are, you know, like usually whenever you're talking about a good team, those are wins, wins, wins. I couldn't actually say win. I was like, well, they're ah. coin flips. Like, yeah, they're like they could win that. Well, if you flip a coin 18 times or 17 times, you get like nine. Yeah, I'll, I'll go. I'll go over. <laughs> what are you at, Joe? I'll go over. I think they get seven. It all depends on how good Richardson is, or Minshew, for that matter. This the quarterback team play that looks like a seven and ten team. Like just the of everything you laid out, Joe, it looks like a seven and ten team to me. Yeah. So I, I definitely could see that. I was gonna go back and talk about Justin Taylor real quick, and not or Jonathan Taylor, not for long time, but um, I think people are, are going to forget about him, and I think he's gonna slip in drafts. I think I know right now he's you know in that five six mark or whatever. Uh, I think once the draft actually comes around. People are going to be reach, grabbing Saquon before him. They're going to be grabbing Cooper Cup before him. They're going to be grabbing. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of silly picks before Jonathan Taylor. I think he's going to go back in first round. I think this is the last time he ever does. Yeah, he's going at 16 wow. right now. So that's. Oh, okay. Even even lower yeah. than I thought he was. But yeah, yeah no, I, I I think people are low on him after last year. And I mean, he was injured. He And we got to remember, he was still rushing for almost five yards per carry on pretty much the worst offense in the league. So I think the worry is with a mobile quarterback, sometimes it takes away from the running back, but I think this is not that case. I don't think Anthony Richardson wants to run like he can, but he, not a lot of his runs last year at Florida were designed runs. They were just broken plays that happened to happen. Like, and I think that's kind of what it will be more than, you know, he's going to be designed running like Jalen hurts. I don't think he's going to be doing that. At least not at first, maybe after a while. Well, whether or not he starts, it's going to be bad quarterback play. So they're going to need to lean on the ground game to get anything going. So I think Jonathan Taylor starts off the season hot and continues rolling through the season, no matter who the quarterback is. So hope so. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for one twenty nine each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for two forty nine a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right, let's head down to Houston. Um, Well, let's just... Let's, I feel like I know this is a podcast. We kind of need to give him a round of applause. They gave Joe's Bears the number one overall pick. It was just a, a wonderful thing Lovey Smith did for the city of Chicago. I mean, just a master class in that last game of Houston to just come back from like a miracle to give that number one overall pick to Chicago. So that was just a really fun time. I'm glad that that happened. But moving, flipping over into 2023, they drafted C.J. Stroud. They drafted Xavier Hutchinson. They drafted Tank Dell. They drafted a center that's going to start. They traded up and what's going to end up probably being a boneheaded move and drafting Will Anderson. Um, they got a defensive-minded head coach in D'Amico Ryans now. I, it's just a completely new Houston Texans team. But at the same time, guys, at the same time, they weren't bad last year. It wasn't a super bad team. They were just missing, you know, key pieces like a quarterback, for example. So we'll start there. They drafted C.J. Stroud, uh, number two overall. We kind of talked ourselves into it being Will Levis. I, you know, we kind of made that mistake. We knew, we thought in our heart of hearts it was going to be C.J. Stroud, and so that's what they ended up doing. Um, <clears throat> played at Ohio State. Was 
really good at Ohio State. He also had a master – he had better uh, wide receivers at Ohio State than he is going to have on his NFL team right now. That is very concerning. But when you go from playing with Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr., and then you go to this team, kind of a, a bit of a downgrade. So C.J. Stroud, it, it's the rare time where the college team is going to be better at wide receiver than his NFL team. So he's going to have to get that under control, but he's going to be airing it out. Josh and I were kind of talking before the podcast. The thing about the Texans this year is they gave away their first-round pick to the Arizona Cardinals. So they're not incentivized to, like, save C.J. Stroud or kind of, like, ease him into the league. They're going to be trying to win right away, and I think they think they have the pieces to do just that. So at wide receiver, they have Nico Collins kind of in and out, you know he's never really shown what we think Nico Collins could have been he's still only 24 but we still you know are kind of hoping for more they have John Mechie uh coming off of I believe it was leukemia please correct me if I'm wrong yes. there um yes coming back from that and they have Robert Woods who they brought in so Robert Woods is going as wide receiver 85 right now an underdog that seems about right to be honest Nico Collins is actually the highest at wide receiver 61. Um, and John Mechie's going as wide receiver 78. So of those three guys, I think the, you know, my brain is telling me Robert Woods is the best steal out of all three of those guys because he is a known commodity. He is a good wide receiver. We don't know what we're going to get from Nico Collins. He's not shown anything yet. We don't know what we're getting for John Mechie. He has not played a snap of NFL football yet. So of those three options, guys, and I'll get to the other two that were drafted here in a second, but of those three options, what guys do you feel is the most comfortable? So I'm sorry. I completely disagree with you. Robert Woods, I wanted him to be a thing uh, in Tennessee and at, at, even in the Rams at the end there. I don't think he's full. I mean, obviously he had that ACL injury and hopefully he can come back from it. He can be, he can still be an 800 yard wide receiver, I think. Um, but I think it's Nico Collins personally, because he's always been overshadowed by Brandon Cook since he's been here. He's literally not had a chance to be the number one wide receiver yet. And I think this is the year where he takes that leap. Uh, sure, the stats don't look great, but he was a wide receiver too on a team that barely had a quarterback. Uh, personally, I think it's going to be him. And I'm actually really just excited to see John Mechie play. I can't say anything bad or good about the guy. We literally have no idea what, um, no what his recovery process is looking like. I did see something on uh, here that said something along the sideline with a hamstring injury right now. So the fact he's practicing is just amazing. Um, so hopefully... Godspeed to that man, but I think it's Nico Collins personally. I'm, I'm pretty stoked about him. I think his his draft price should be really cheap too because nobody's really expecting much from this team. Yeah, I think this is this is kind of an interesting thing because you got basically nothing but upside, and then you got one we assume stable guy in Robert Woods, and that's when you're drafting and not knowing anything. I guess Robert Woods is your guy there. Out of the veterans on this team, though, the guy I'm actually kind of excited about is Noah Brown. Um, I think yeah, he okay, kind of profiles he kind of profiles as an interesting number two target on this team, possibly number one. Uh, I like Nico Collins a lot, uh, but you said he got overshadowed by Brandon Cooks. Brandon Cooks is four inches shorter than him, so it tells you all you need to know. <laughs> Small man. Uh, are you hating on Brandon Cooks right now, who's been a fucking commodity in this league for eight years now? He's oh, yeah. an establishment. We're really gonna we're really getting on Noah Browns again. Like I we're really doing this again. Dude, he I looked got... pretty damn good last year. I gotta admit. I mean, he wasn't on that team a ton. 
but he filled his role. He did pretty good on a young team like this. I guess we'll see. Um, I guess we'll see. I didn't have Noah Brown written down, Joe. Way to go off board. Love that. Um, Not sure if I – I think this is more of a depth piece. But moving on to the two guys they did bring in. They brought in Tank Dell, who's going as wide receiver 87, and I think potentially the steal of the draft. I mean, he's going to be a steal of a redraft team because I think the way they're planning to use him is, you know, in the slot. But the way that he, you know, runs routes is – you know, NFL caliber already. And you're seeing it in training camp. He's already turning eye, you know, turning heads in training camp with how well that he is doing and showing his technical ability. And I think that's just, you know, the size is always going to be a factor. I understand that. But I think his just ability is way above what the guys in front of him are, you know, capable of. And I think that we could see the potential wide receiver one coming out of Tank Dell. Um, they also drafted Xavier Hutchinson in the sixth round. He's been doing pretty good in camp as well. I still think he's got a little bit more of a mountain to climb than you know Tank Dell potentially does. But he was good at Iowa State. I personally cannot you know bring myself to believe in another Iowa State wide receiver. It's just not in my blood. Um, and then I think their actual number one target on this team, and that's Dalton Schultz. So they brought him over from Dallas, and I think – the you know the saying always goes that rookie quarterbacks tend to lean on their tight ends because that is just who they feel they're most comfortable with. They're usually the best targets. They usually aren't going deep down the field. They're usually pretty close cleaning up. And I think Dalton Schultz is going to end up being the biggest winner out of all of these pass catchers because I think C.J. Stroud is going to find somebody in Dalton Schultz that he's going to be able to utilize. Quick passes, get it out, get ready. You know, I don't have to really read the field. I can just throw it to my dump off man, and I think it'll be – Dalton Schultz. So I think this is actually the biggest target that you're going to want from this team. I think he's going undervalued right now. He's going as tight end 13. That's not even tight. That's not even a tight end one. And I think people aren't really making the connection of like, there's a rookie there. He's not going to be wanting to take a lot of chances right off the bat because he doesn't really believe in himself yet because he's just now getting the NFL. And I think you're going to get a lot of good things out of Dalton Schultz just right off the bat. I mean, just looking at this wide receiver room in general, including Dalton Schultz in it, because, you know, receiving room, um, this actually is not a bad cast for a rookie quarterback to come into. You got a veteran in Robert Woods. You got John Mechie hopefully coming back and being fully healthy and being what he was supposed to be when he came in. You got Nico Collins, who's been a solid at least 500-yard guy. And you got Noah Brown, who was just a 500-yard guy. And then you got Tank Dell, who you really wanted to bring in. I'm pretty sure he told Brass to bring in Tank Dell. Uh, and then another rookie in Xavier Hutchinson, who's a little buried at the moment, in my opinion. But then you got Dalton Schultz, who I mean, I, this this wide receiver, sure, it's lacking a wide receiver one. Uh, but I personally think that this could be an offense that actually does something. Do I know who it's going to be? Absolutely not. I would say money's on Dalton Schultz out of these seven guys. But um, yeah, I just I don't know. This isn't the worst case scenario. I think it's better than the New York Giants wide receiver room the last three years. And this is just year one for CJ. Yeah, pretty much just avoiding everyone except for Schultz um, and just seeing how it shakes out. It's kind of where I'm at with it. It's a pretty smart strategy. I'm probably going to take Tank Dell, but he's also probably not going to get drafted. So I can probably scoop him up and just add him to my bench at the end of the draft and just see how things go. I mean, the the worry I have for Tank Dell is that he's going to end up being the kick returner and punt returner, and that's just how he's going to be used in year one. That's kind of my biggest fear for him is that he's not going to even get really a chance out there on the field. 
But we don't even know. We don't know what Mechie's role is going to be yet. We don't know what Robert Woods looks like yet. I think Nico Collins is pretty, you know, for sure a starter. But I think there's still a lot of things we got to figure out with that offense going forward. All right, last part of this offense is the running back room. They have Damian Pierce, who's going as RB20, and they have Devin Singletary that's going as RB50. Um, this offense was really missing a pass-catching running back last year. Not that Damian Pierce couldn't do it. They just didn't try to even do it. You know, they just didn't even allow him to try it. And it doesn't look like they're going to allow him to try to do it this year either. Um, I think Damian Pierce is a value at RB20. I think I can definitely say that I will end up with him on, on a few teams because I think people are out on him. He did only have one top five finish last season. I think we were kind of hoping he would have a, a bigger – bump but at the same time the texans were a tire fire davis mills was the quarterback he he was just giving the ball to the other team most of the time anyway so i think there will be more opportunities for damian pierce to show again we're going back to this as a rookie quarterback they're not going to want to use him you know they're not going to want to take a ton of chances right away so i think establishing a run game this o-line is very very good and I think we're going to get a lot out of Damian Pierce. But I also want to say Devin Singletary is going to be a guy that's a flex play most weeks, I believe. I really do think that because I think they're going to use him in a pass-catching role. I don't think he's going to be like you're never going to trust him as an RB2, but I would say he's a good handcuff flex play most weeks. Yeah, I I don't necessarily disagree with you on any of that. Um, I think Singletary is obviously going to have a role, but I think Damian Pierce is severely undervalued at this because last year he was the only reason they were even in games half the games. And eventually, as you see in these stats, it dropped off because people realized, hey, if we stop Damian Pierce, we stop the Texans. But for the stretch of you know weeks three through seven, eight, he was just absolutely killing it on runs and he was just looking like a man on fire, uh, getting a 70 yard touchdown, 50 yard touchdowns. Um, I I'm super stoked about Damian Pierce's sophomore year. Now that they actually have, uh, at least a relevant quarterback. We don't know what he's going to be just yet, but I'm very excited about Damian Pierce. And I I'm a little nervous about Singletary, obviously, but um, this is where this league's headed. Everyone's going to have two running backs and, Pierce is, it is noted that he's studying Christian McCaffrey's tape to try to get some more pass catching opportunities. So he definitely wants to be that RB one. I don't know. I'm sure that's just camp news, but in reality, the fact that he wants to try to have pass catching to his resume will be a great addition to it. So I think Pierce is going to be uh, far exceed the running back 20 spot. I don't know exactly where that ends up, but I can see him vaulting ahead. of This is the guy you want on any, any one of this team really. Agreed. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind taking a stab on Singletary though. I I agree with you, Bill. I think he's going to be way more involved than people think he is. I think we're you know fifty fifty right off the jump between them. I think the way Singletary got treated in Buffalo was pretty fa- pretty foul. Honestly, he he actually looked really good when given opportunity, but he did not get the opportunity very often. Yeah, it was kind of dangerous, but he is going to be a fantastic handcuff if if anything happens to Pierce. You're all, you're going to have a running back that's ready to step in and be RB one right away there. Um, all right, let's move on to defense quickly because this defense, frankly, guys, is pretty awesome. And with D'Amico Ryan's at the helm, I'm really excited for what they're going to end up being. Um, he pretty much made it known he wants to make his own Nick Bosa there, and he went out and got him. And that's Will Anderson. So 
I'm not really under, not really sure what that's going to look like year one, but I know for the future, Will Anderson's going to be somebody that you're going to want on your dynasty teams. You're going to want on your IDP teams. And he's somebody that for the future is going to be somebody that um, you can count on. Um, they also have the number one IDP player last season, Jalen Petre. I mean, he's always he's the best safety was the best player last season. Um, I, I don't really, I think people are kind of discounting him because they hate secondary players and that just seems to be um, something that happens more frequently than it needs to. Um, as far as the linebackers go, Christian Harris is going to get the first crack. Don't know if I super believe in him. Uh, Denzel Perryman, I do believe in a little bit more. And so same with Corey Littleton. I just think they're going to fill the roles that he's going to want them to. Um, he's just going to try to model this, this defense based on San Francisco. And so if you can kind of slot – the players into the roles that they ha- like that he was used to seeing in San Francisco. I think that's kind of what you're going to see in this defense. Um, guys, anybody else that you want to mention quickly? I mean, Christian Kirksey's here too, not slated as the starter, but he was at the tackle machine last season. So he's a good guy to at least stash on your bench because the opportunities could be there. Um, Petrie is the number one guy. I mean, I think people know that now after last year, he just had a, breakout campaign and then honestly the will anderson thing it it drove me crazy whenever they did that i was like that is the dumbest thing you just traded two first round picks for will anderson but honestly if he turns out to be anything like some of these other firstly draft defensive ends nick bosa's and joey bosa's and the watt brothers and everything mm-hmm. you got your guy for the next five to six years so i mean if it works if if he is actually what they think he is and it's not a chase young situation it's worth it. Yeah. I, I like the Will Anderson signing for, I mean, the biggest guy, Jerry Hughes, um, he's old as dirt, but if you're in a contending team, I think that the addition of Will Anderson is going to help him out a lot. He did pretty solid last year. He could be acquired for next to nothing. He might even be on your waiver wire. So if you need defensive line help, that's a guy I would be looking at. But I mean, really it's, it's Petrie, it's Harris and it's uh, Will Anderson that I'm looking at. Yep. All right. The over-under for the Houston Texans is six. Six. Let's see. See if my computer will warm up here. All right. So they got the Ravens, the Colts, the Jags, the Steelers, the Falcons, the Saints, the Panthers, the Bucks, the Bengals, the Cardinals, the Jaguars, the Broncos, the Jets, the Titans, the Browns, the Titans, and the Colts. They'll be lucky to win three games. I'm sorry. You know, honestly, I don't, I I think that they could easily cover this. I think that their three and 13 season last year looked really bad, but they were in games every week. And I don't know what CJ Stroud's going to be. And I can't pretend to be, pretend to be. He's definitely going to be an upgrade. I don't think there's, I just don't see six. I just don't see six. There's no way. No, I would do the under, but I think. You like the over? I'm going You're under. Take that over. You think this could be a seven and ten team for real? I think this division's hot, could potentially hot garbage, and I don't see why the Texans can't be the you know second person in the division. Fair enough. I'm taking the under for sure. I, I don't. I, I think they handed the Cardinals a top five draft pick, and it's gonna if they don't have Will Anderson be one of the you know best defensive ends in the league. That this is gonna end up being one of the biggest bungled trades of all time potentially. 
Well, I agree. And it doesn't, I don't think that it's a bungled trade after this year, but I get what you're saying. So I don't know. I just, I think if I, it ends I, up being number one, they just gave away Caleb Williams. Like if it ends up being number two, they just gave away Drake May. Like it could be for sure. Like you said, I think they have a lot more to play for. They're going to be playing until the end, and I, I could see them winning seven games. What do you think, Joe? I missed it. I'm going under. I'm going under. I do think – I mean, Stroud's going to be an upgrade, but I don't see them getting past six. I took the over. You guys are both under. That's yep. fine. All right. Well, on to uh, arguably the best of it player or best team in this division, I think, pretty easily because they did win last year. Um, so, Doug Peterson's second year at the helm of the Jaguars – uh, last year, nine and eight, and won the unimpressive AFC South. Uh, they're coming in to look a little bit, do a little bit more of the same uh, after that disappointing end in the divisional round against the Super Bowl champ Kansas City Chiefs. If you guys want to say that, uh, the Jaguars don't really look a whole lot different, honestly. After after the offseason, uh, they resigned and gained mostly like depth moves uh, with defensive and offensive line. The biggest addition is that they regain Calvin Ridley, even though they traded for him last year, coming off suspension. Um, the key losses um, is Jawan Taylor uh, went to the same team that eliminated them from the playoffs from tackle. Um, oh, they also did vacate uh, Marvin Jones, who had 81 targets last year. So that should go pretty much immediately to Ridley and Kirk. Uh, most of their big additions came in the NFL draft. Um, in the first, they selected Anton Harris to replace the Taylor to replace Taylor at tackle. Uh, and in the second and third, they selected some offensive weapons in tight end Brenton Strange, and running back Tank Bigsby. So uh, they did fill in a little bit more defensive depth in the fourth and beyond, but it's not notable at the moment. So um, overall, offseason moves were pretty mild, but when you're a pretty young and talented roster, you can kind of afford to not make those huge, splashy signings. So let's get to the man of the hour. Mr. Trevor Lawrence uh, made the jump to QB8 in a sophomore campaign after a pretty disappointing rookie season under the coach that may not be named. Um, throwing for more than 4,000 yards and 25 and eight on the touchdown to interception ratio. He overall looked a lot more comfortable after his 12 and 17 touchdown interceptions season last year, uh, took him a bit to get going, but in the back half of the season, he had several 30 to 40 point games. And I think there's a path to make him a top five QB at this point. Um, especially with what we hope for Ridley, um, Etienne, running back, uh, we're heading into his third season, um, which is really his second season after the uh, Achilles injury in year one. Um, so after missing his rookie campaign, he finished as running back 16, 17 this last year with 1,400 total yards and a meager five touchdowns total. Um, now, this is the part that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. I think we touched on this when we were doing our ranking show as well, but they're already saying that they do not want to give Etienne the full workload he saw last year. So they drafted Tank Bigsby, um, and if they wanted a committee backfield, why do you ship J-Rob out right away? Um, this is the second – He J, James Robinson was the second leading rusher on the team in only seven games, which was really about five games because they basically benched him after, week, after three great weeks and made Etienne the sole running back. Weird moves. Hasty's coming back again, um, and he did just about nothing last year, so – uh, Etienne is actually going at running back 11 this year, which is a bit too rich for my taste. Um, I'm not against getting him if I can, but uh, more than likely he will still probably do well, but I just a little bit nervous for the workload as they're talking about this. Tank Bigsby kind of intrigues me though. He's currently running back 64. Um, and uh, sorry, my phone's going off. Uh, Tank Bigsby, just, I don't know, later rounds, kind of excited. Hasty did nothing. 
and basically this is the new James Robinson, probably. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, I was waiting for Joe. I can't. I can't see you right now. I just. No, no. I love Tank Bigsby, man. I mean, Etienne got seventy six percent of the carries last year. That's a little much, especially with today's NFL. So Bigsby should. Dearness Johnson, you know, will probably clean it up there. So definitely oh, is, gonna have to see how that. That is something I did not touch on. Dearness Johnson is also there, so uh, there's that. But I don't really know why. Uh, Freaking, what's his face is still back here, Hasty. But probably yeah, more. Etienne going at eleven and twelve. I I can see the thought for it. It's probably too rich for me too. It's the just, thing with a thing with Etienne, I think, is like he's probably going to have less touches this year to work with. But like you're kind of hoping it's kind of like Tony Pollard, where like one of those touches could be a sixty yard touchdown. I think that's what you're going to have to hope for if you take Etienne this year, because I I don't think he's going to get as many touches this season. I think they're going to it's going to be a lot more split workload, but it's going to be kind of favored towards hoping Etienne has big plays because that's the hot hand they want to ride. But if he doesn't have a hot hand, the tank is going to start rolling in. Like, we're just going to see it happen. Uh, Yeah, my problem is he didn't actually have that many touches for a running back last year, 220, uh, and pretty much the full season. So I just, I mean, I know that they were easing him in to start the season, but it wasn't like he had, you know, 400 carries or something uh, ungodly. It's just, it scares me because they're already talking about not giving them full workload. I'm sure there's still a possibility of those. The touchdowns have to tick up. Otherwise, it's it's a little – it's going to be a disappointing season for uh, – Yeah, he hit round, 13 round. touches inside the five and scored three touchdowns out of that. So, I think that's where we're going to see Tank really come into play is goal lines, third downs. Or Dearness Johnson, for that matter. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. they do have depth there. But, uh, anyway, let's get into the money makers for this team. Uh, and the, this is going to be the pass catchers. So – the addition of Calvin Ridley at the trade deadline last year, Christian Kirk's value was at a basically all-time low. Uh, comes in, and he is currently wide receiver 30, uh, being drafted as. And I personally think this team is poised for about 5,000 yards through the air, uh, probably a little under, but I could see it happening. And Kirk, by far and large, has the best chance to exceed his draft capital. Uh, Ridley is obviously intriguing for many reasons, and but he also essentially hasn't played in three years. So after exploding in 2020, uh, he had experienced mental health issues that year and could, couldn't could take on the, the weight of being the premier wide receiver on an otherwise shitty offense. So after taking off a little bit more time than he officially anticipated, it seems like he's back and we should see him uh, hopefully jump above that wide receiver 23 stock. He could. Uh, it's a little expensive uh, in redraft, in my opinion. Um, Zay Jones has also experienced a pretty great year last year. And with his, uh, other brother, Marvin looking over the hill and out of the way, uh, Zay is currently going at wide receiver 58. And for a guy who caught 82 balls for 800 yards last year, that's not bad. So I don't know, could be sleeper potential for Zay. Um, if Ridley doesn't pan out, especially, but I'm truly good with getting any of these wide receivers. And I'll probably end up with one of them on each team because, I think Kirk's value is at an all-time low after exploding for 1,100 yards last year, but then you got Ridley coming in, and we just don't know what he's going to be at the moment. So, I don't anything to add to those wide receivers, gentlemen. Well, I mean, Christian Kirk had most boring 1,100 yards we've ever seen in our lives before. Um, yeah, 
So, yeah, he's definitely sneaky, and that's why people are sleeping on him. You know, the Ridley hype, I mean, I think everyone thinks Ridley's going to come in and just take the reins, and he's going to be the wide receiver one. But I think Kirk, the what they want to use him for is more of those intermediate slot routes, and Ridley's going to be the deep ball guy, intermediate guy. I think they pair yeah. up perfectly with each other. So I like it all. And you're right. I, I do think, you know, 5,000 yards is not – sorry, Bill – not outside oh, yeah. of the realm of possibilities here. So, you know, between these guys, you could get some really high yardage output and hopefully the touchdowns will start coming. Well, I think honestly, like the the leap we saw from Trevor Lawrence through the entire season is what's going to make all of these wide receivers relevant. I think, I, I don't know if you guys do this, but when like quarterbacks throw up a ball, you're just kind of in your head thinking like, well, that's not going to get caught or, oh, that's going to get, like if Davis Mills throws up a ball, probably not going to get caught. And Trevor Lawrence was like that at the beginning of the season. He'd throw up a pass and be like, well, that's probably not going to get caught. But as the season went on, I started to feel better about it. Like, I was like, okay, you know, I, I think we could get something going here. And I think that's what Trevor Lawrence is going to, sh- like, go into this season with. And I think we have potentials of multiple thousand-yard receivers on this team. I mean, I, I just don't see how that can – you know, maybe could potentially this could be one of the high-flying offenses. And I think – if you're a betting person, betting on this team being potentially one of the better offensive teams, maybe like the highest scoring team um, in football, I don't see why the Jaguars couldn't be that. I really don't. And I I, I just think that, you know, we're not going to kind of see it. We hadn't seen it last year, but I think the leap they're going to make this year could make them very relevant. Yeah. Four of Lawrence's eight interceptions came in the first five weeks, and then he exploded onto the scene in the middle, late part of the season. So – I mean, you see 300 yard games, 300 or three, four touchdown games. I mean, with, with the addition of Ridley and this basically being the exact same team, I just, I don't see it changing. I mean, if anything, I only see it going up with, with, the, with learning and growing with the team. So, well, let's get to the last pass catcher. Who's pretty exciting as well. Uh, they franchise tagged Evan Ingram who finally looked like what his original draft stock was. Um, and he essentially is a fourth wide receiver running around this field. He actually even looks like it every time he was running around during this team. I did not study much of the Jaguars last year. Every time I saw 17 running around, I was like, Oh, which wide receiver is that? And I was like, God damn it. It's Evan Ingram. And I'm playing against them and he's going for three touchdowns. Um, he's finished at tight end six last year or five in, in PPR and, considering he's playing for a contract again, he will more than likely look to shred and continue to be one of the top five tight ends in the league. And can, I can, I can only assume that he's going to go way higher than this tight end nine draft stock, which is where he's at. Um, I'm, I'm all about drafting all four of these guys. Uh, and if Evan Ingram really is tight end nine off the board in like the seventh or eighth round, I'm, I'm getting them, man. I, I, I'm assuming this is off season. This will probably change a bit, but I mean, what he did last year with 700 yards and 73 catches for a tight end position that's seems to be dwindling, even though there actually is a lot of talent out there. I don't know. Pretty stoked about it. Well, Ridley has made everybody on this team a discount at this point. People are just like, oh, Christian Kirk finishes a top 12 wide receiver. Well, Ridley's there now. That's not going to happen again. Oh, Evan Ingram finished as a top six tight end. Oh, well, that's not going to happen because Ridley's there. Like everybody's just like tossing all of these results aside because Ridley's back, which could affect things or it could even boost what they were already able to do because now there is another person on the field that you're fearing. Marvin Jones is not scaring people the same as Calvin Ridley on the field. It's just not going to happen that way. So this could even make more opportunities for both of those guys. So, yeah, buy the dip. 
Well, and Marvin Jones still had 80 targets last year. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's still good. Just give that to Ridley and then everyone else's can do the exact same thing, if not more. So yeah. uh, got to touch on the defense because uh, otherwise Jordan will uh, have a shot out back. Uh, notable ID, IDP talent for this. Uh, doesn't disappoint on really either side of the ball. Oda Kuhn is back for another huge year after back-to-back 180-plus tackle campaigns. And Devin Lloyd isn't a slouch either on the other side of the middle, if that makes any sense. Uh, Josh Allen is a discount edge rusher who the, the good Josh Allen, not the one on the Madden cover. Uh, he could take the next step this year after a pretty solid IDP campaign last year. Uh, and then safety position. It's Rayshon Jack rabbit Jenkins all day uh, is as good as he comes and for a pretty discounted price at uh, safety in, in draft format. So any other defenders I did not touch on that you guys really want to bring up? Not a whole lot's changed, man. I'm, yeah, it's no, literally the it's exact normal same suspects. Team. Yeah, <laughs> I just think Chad Muma is the best. Like, I think they trusted Chad Muma a lot more than they did Devin Lloyd down the stretch. Don't know how that's going to shake out this year going in, but as far as a linebacker goes, maybe better looking at Muma than Lloyd, but we'll see what happens. Oh, I guess I got to bring up Trayvon Walker, who uh, I can't quite say looked like the, like he should have been drafted over Aiden Hutchinson, but didn't look as bad as I thought he would. So he might take a leap okay. as well. The, the, the pair of him and Allen is a pretty good combo of defensive ends. I would not be upset if they were on my team. No comment. Said enough. I don't need any more. We, they got the Eagles got enough, but it's true. All right. The over under for this team is nine and a half. All right. I'm take the... it. All right. Colts, um, Chiefs. Texans, Falcons, Bills, Colts, Saints, Steelers, 49ers, Titans, Texans, Bengals, Browns, Ravens, Buccaneers, Panthers, Titans. All right, it got a lot easier at the end there, but Jesus Christ, Jacksonville, why did they get this schedule and all the other bad teams didn't? They'd won their division. So they naturally get the the So they get the hard schedule. But the thing is, is I think they can compete with these teams. Like I them against the Chiefs. They could easily win that game. That's not like a layup for the Chiefs. Yeah, I, I think Bills, that's going to be a tough 49ers, game. Bengals, I definitely think I mean, they, they could split games. those. Yeah, I'm over. They're better than the Bills. I mean, where's the Bills game at, Joe? Um, it is home. Dub. Actually, Easy. it's 8:30 a.m. So it's a, I'm guessing it's a London. Oh game. no! Oh, yeah. So oh no! London game. Oh no! Well, they still have home. That's home some bull. Dude, I would be so mad to oh, get a home no. game against a great team like that and then have to play it in London. Which, oh, to be fair, London is basically their second home. But I mean, that is London. The same kind yeah. of, it's not the same kind of vibe. You get just a mix of football fans over there. Yep. Fish and chips and whatnot. Anyway, what are you guys going? I'm still going over. I, I think this team is going to be potentially a great team. And even if they lose all four of those games, that's still 13 wins. So. Joe? Yeah. I like the over, man. I mean, like Josh was saying, it's the same team. We really saw them gel at the end of last year. I think they just keep riding the wave, and I love it. They played a good Sounds first good. half against the Chiefs, too, in the playoffs, too. So, All right. Well, none of us the, were assigned uh, on to them winning the AFC. I don't. I can look it up, but I, I'll get, I can get that to you at the end of the podcast, Joe. How about that? Um, all right, none of us were assigned Tennessee, but we're going to kind of break it up. I would like to take the quarterbacks, and then we can just maybe break off from position groups from there. Um, 
They have Ryan Tannehill. They have Will Levis. They're going as quarterback 33 in Tannehill and going as quarterback 34 in Will Levis. So clearly nobody knows what the hell the Tennessee Titans are going to do this season. I think they're going to have to go with Tannehill off the bat because I don't think Will Levis is particularly good. But at the same time, maybe Tannehill doesn't want to be there anymore and maybe they buy him out, which could also happen. Um, I'm kind of nervous about this quarterback situation for the Titans because of the pass catchers, because of the running backs. They've been able to get away with it in the past of just like throw somebody out there. Derrick Henry will take care of the rest. But I think they're going to have a big issue this year if they can't get either of these guys um, you know, motor, you know, moving in the right direction. So I'm quite nervous for Tennessee's quarterback situation. I would stay away at all costs. If you end up with a Tennessee Titan quarterback at the end of one of your drafts, even if it's super flex, you should consider yourself maybe on the downward, you know, part of the, uh, the team rankings. I don't think you're going to, going to win with that combo. All right. You talked about them for far too long. They're not fancy relevant. Neither one of them. <laughs> Sorry. I don't mean to be a dick, but like Tannehill's only gone downhill since really joining Tennessee. And uh, we don't know what the hell Will Levis is going to be, but um, not to cut you off, Bill, my bad, but just, I don't know. I don't it's, think they deserve it's they, over now. They just don't deserve the time. Uh, Derek Henry. I think this man is, it doesn't matter what the team looks like. Uh, he literally was running back three and four last year and on the worst passing offense in the entire league. I don't have the stats on that, but I don't need them to back that up because I know it for a fact. Uh, Derek Henry, this is probably the last time you're going to be comfortable drafting him in the top 10. Uh, maybe he continues to just keep going. We have no idea, but I remember he's playing until he's 60. I mean, I, think so I, I, remember, point, man. I remember a couple of years ago where someone was like, Oh, Derek Henry's done, blah, blah, blah. He's still only 29 years old. I know he's hitting that 30 mark and I understand what it is, but the man is a beast. He is not the same as these other running backs. He is obviously built different and from a different planet. He's going to continue to be great. Uh, they did draft. Uh, who was the guy? They don't have rookies on sleep. Ty J. Ty J. Spears, uh, who has no ACL no, apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah. No one knee. So he's running around, but they're saying he could be fine. He's probably, this will probably be his only contract. Uh, he's saying he's going to be good. He's basically just taped up wearing a brace. Probably um, interesting to see for the future. Cause it's a ballsy move. Cause Derrick Henry might still just keep playing. So this might not be their running back of the future. But um, just wanted to at least bring him up. And then Hassan Haskins is still there, but uh, has been underwhelming, to say the least, at, so far. So Tajay's going as running back 57 right now in underdog, just so we know. I'm not against it because if anything does happen to this team, they got to keep running the ball, but I don't think they're going to have the same effect. This could be the number one pick in the draft next year. Uh, just saying. There's the chance. Mm, I like that. Well, yeah. if they add DeAndre Hopkins, who knows, you know? <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's, that's clearly the missing piece. What are we even thinking about? <laughs> honestly, like, that's their see. only hope right now. So, Joe, you want to take over the wide receivers? Yeah. Uh, really, the outside of Derrick Henry, the only entertaining part about this offense. Um, so, Traylon Burks is – he had asthma last year. He didn't understand the playbook, and now he said he can actually breathe. So, even though we're having this crazy, you know, Canadian firestorm air right now. But uh, everything that is coming out of camp, call it camp news, Traylon Burks is killing it. They're designing a lot of um, play action 
get him open, kind of play to his strengths there. So not asking him to do a ton, but I expect a pretty good jump from him right now. He's going at wide receiver 38 at the moment and in the sixth round. So you could absolutely do worse than get Traylon Burks. He's a freak athlete. Um, I do expect him to take a jump this year. Um, Kyle Phillips was everybody's darling last year and they kind of wrote him off completely. Um, on there uh he should be back get some intermediate rounds kind of be a dump off guy maybe uh the nick westbrook akeen is going to be more of your deep ball specialist maybe i i don't even understand where he fits into this offense because Tannehill's never going to hit him um but those are your wide receivers right there i still want racy mcmath to be a thing but it will never happen and chris moore is your savvy veteran that no one's going to throw the ball to you. So it's Traylon Burks or Bus for me, and Kyle Phillips could be a sneaky stash. Uh, he'd, be, he'd come very cheap in a trade right now. The only thing you got going for you with Traylon Burks is he's the only one on this team that I can even think of that would actually catch balls. Yeah. Except for Chig. Yeah, I was going to say, except for Oconquo, who actually had a pretty good rookie year, and we hope to see a bigger year for him in the future. Um, and hopefully it's him and Burks on the different sides, and hopefully they catch the 200 yards that or 2,000 yards that their uh, you know, quarterbacks throw out for them. Hope so. Yeah. Oconquo really should, like should be even better this season. I'm really glad that none of us did this because I, I, I would have been so disappointed writing this. It's like, who's the right receivers? I don't know. It's kind of a sad team, and I mean, the fact that they, I mean, I get why they gave away A.J. Brown, because they didn't want to pay him. It's funny, but it's, I, I get why they thought about it, but they haven't done anything to this team. They have not added anything to make this team exciting, and I don't understand how this fan base can be complacent with this, because they're literally trotting out pretty much the same team they did three years ago when they were first in the division and, you know, took it to the chiefs and like, they're basically trotting out the same team, just the quarterbacks worse, the lines worse, the defense is worse. The wide receivers are worse. Like everything about it is just worse. And I just don't really understand why the Titans did this to themselves, but they did well. They did only boost the offense in the draft. They went Skronsky at 11, Well Levis obviously at 33, which we all know the slide happened, and then Ty J. Spears, and then Josh Wiley for another tight end. And then after that, it was just a bunch of – actually, not even a bunch of. They had two more picks. I don't know how they have no picks. Where did their picks go? Who did they trade for? If the Titans are listening to this podcast, hire us to be a part of your scouting department. We can help you out. We, we, we can do a little bit better than what you have down there in Nashville. I'm just being honest. You don't have a very good organization when it comes to scouting talent. So this is our formal job application. Hire us. We can get you some guys in there. We know who, like, A.J. Brown, I'm looking at him. Oh, that's a good player. Why are we getting rid of him? I, I don't know who didn't mention that in the room, but here we are. And your team's worse. But whatever. They didn't even get anything out of it. Like, because they didn't – where was their extra pick? I didn't see it. I, if anything, they I saw missing traded, picks. They just traded for Traylon Burks, and I don't know why they did it, whatever we don't have to relitigate that there was a huge mistake and they they have to live with it all right this team's over under is six and a half same as indy their defense is solid you should draft them oh yeah their defense I, is good i guess there's not there's not a name on there that you um that's sure, actually not Russia here and rice should be really good at linebacker you got landry coming back you from hope, ACL you hope he is 
I hope he I just said you think he's he coming back. Good I, in San Francisco. He's not good. We don't know. I was gonna say Al Shahir's the I'm I'm not saying he's good, but I will say that uh Monty Rice has been solid um for what he's been in the backup role. And uh there there's always linebackers on this team, Rashawn Evans and who was the other guy that was on this team that just died afterwards? Jayon Brown. Oh, man, I don't even remember. I don't know. They yeah. traded for Bud Dupree, and that was a joke. That was a joke. Yeah, you know, they just missed on a lot of trades is what happened. They, it's just all right. it's a bad team. All right, anyway, get to Let's, the schedule. We'll get, we'll get over it. Saints, Chargers, Browns, Bengals, Colts, Ravens, Falcons, Steelers, Buccaneers, Jaguars, Panthers, Colts, Dolphins, Texans, Seahawks, Texans, Jacksonville. Whatever the under is, I'm taking it. Yeah. Same. I didn't even need to don't didn't even need to hear the schedule. I didn't remember what the number was, and I'm saying under six and a half. Like they're literally Vegas is thinking this team is better than Houston, which I think is other than Derrick Henry, don't understand that. And then they think they're on the same trajectory as the Colts. And I'm like, but they're not though. Like they're just not. I don't I don't get it. But I guess because they have new coaches, maybe you just have to give you know Tennessee that bump just because of that, but it's, they it's got the passed line. by it's, Jacksonville. It's unbelievable that they're allowing, oh. like they allowed that to happen. Jaguars are plus twelve hundred to win the AFC this year. By the way, well, that's it's because everyone's got the that. Chiefs and Bengals at one and two. So, hey, there's there's a case that it could happen. No, I like the bet. I like the bet on it. Yeah, I mean, not, shit, not throw wrong. ten bucks on that. Yeah, for sure. All right, well, guys, I think this. This division's a little rough. Um, it's not as bad as the NFC South, but we'll get there in due time. Both the South divisions, very, very bad teams in both. Um, next week. I thought the South was going, good at football. You would have thought, but not not, not, not in the NFL at least. Um, all right, next week is the AFC West where we can finally get to, you know, a couple of good, exciting teams, not, you know, this bunch of one team um, that was good. So, yeah, follow us at Offensive Points on Twitter. Follow Josh at Josh Hall STL. That's one H. Follow Joe at OP Joe. That's two E's. And follow me at Ombre Vendor. Joe, get us out of here. It's been a real pleasure, guys. Thanks for riding with us, and we'll see you next week. Good night. Go, go Nuggets. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.